Uh, we'll be looking at Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 4 today. Uh, there are Bibles there located in the seat back in front of you, as well as the verse will appear on the screen today. Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 4. For those of you who are able, if you'll stand at this time for the reading of God's Word. I'll read as you follow along, Philippians chapter 4 and verse 4. The Bible says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this great day you've given to us, the opportunity we have to come and hear your word preached and uh, gather together in fellowship. And I'm going to look at our text verse. It'll be there on the screen in front of you. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance against such there is no law. Last week, we spoke on uh, the first one, which is the evidence of the Holy Spirit, and that is love. And so this morning, we draw our attention to the second one, which is joy. Let's pray. We're going to jump right in. Lord, help us guide and direct our words and our thoughts during the time that we have. And God, would you speak to us as only you can. Lord, we, we desperately need your help this morning. Please meet with us. Again, guide, direct, my words, my thoughts, may they not be mine, but Lord, may they be from you. We pray, we ask it in Jesus' name, amen. We're talking about the fruit of the Spirit, and the second one, of course, being joy. May I say this, you know, I, I've said this from time to time, but it, it's always amazing because every time we come to church, everybody has different needs. We come from different walks of life. Some of you came in this morning, you're saved, and you love the Lord, and you're on, a, you're on good terms with God. doesn't mean you're perfect. None of us are. We're all sinners. But things, as far as you know it, you, you're not keeping a ledger, a full slate of discretions against God. Uh, you, 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 you're trying to do, do uh, that which is right and pleasing. Then we have some who are just, man, spiritually speaking, you crawled in. You're not sure how you could ever make it. And uh, some of us, we're struggling with uh, sickness. We're struggling with financial adversity. We're struggling with relationship woes. It could be any number of things. My wife got a message this morning, a friend of hers uh, from, and the Baileys would know as well, that uh, taught at the college for a number of years when we were there, who passed away early this morning. She'd been battling cancer, probably one of the sweetest people you'll ever want to meet. And uh, sometimes it's when you, you hear those, you, you ask the Lord why, you know, that, that kind of thing, you know, uh, why did uh, the Lord, and we don't ever figure out God's whys. We, we don't know what God is doing, but we always know that God is doing. Some of you are going through different things in life, but understand this, uh, wherever you're at, God brought you here today and He wants to speak to you. It doesn't matter who you are. He, he has something for you, and it would be, be impossible for me to even try that. The, the only way that is ever accomplished is by the Holy Spirit. It's never accomplished by man. It'd be futile for us to even try. But I, I do pray that God would speak to each of us. So last week we talked about love, and this morning we're going to talk about joy. It is something that the Bible speaks much about joy, but it's one of the things that sadly speaking, according to most surveys that you read, particularly regarding Christians and those who identify as Christians, it's something that's lacking. And that people say there's a lot of reasons for it, and I won't get into all of that, but, but it's something that God came and wanted you to have. He said, I wanted you to have joy. I didn't want you to go through life. We'll talk about some of the other things uh, 
uh, in regards to the fruit of the Spirit in the weeks to come. But may I say this, first of all, uh, just two passages of Scripture, they're very familiar, here in the book of Philippians, and then also in First Thessalonians. The Bible says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. The root word of that word rejoice is joy. That word re means do it again. It means continually have joy. Then we find in First Thessalonians, Paul writing to the church at Thessalonica, First Thessalonians 5.16, one of the shortest, shortest verses in all the Bible. If you've never memorized the verse of Scripture, here's a good one to start with. Rejoice evermore. Rejoice evermore. That means have it. May I say this first of all about joy? It's a command. It's not an option. If you came in today miserable, you did it against the will of God. Now, you, there could be a lot of reasons for miserable. There could be reasons that we act that way. First one that comes to mind is t- typically sin in our life. The Bible says that sin creates a wedge between us and God. It's like uh, I can remember when I was at, at odds with my dad as a, as a teenager. I went through a little, I guess, a season of rebellion when I was in high school and uh, I regret that it ever happened, you know, and I, I made things right with my dad my senior year of high school, but boy, I remember causing him grief, and I wish that never happened, more so as my dad has since passed away. You know, I, I, I wish that had never happened, but it did. But, but I know that uh, even though we sat at the same table together and we rode the same vehicle together as we were going to church or whatever, I knew there was that angst between me and my dad, and it wasn't my dad's problem, it was mine. And you know, if you came in this morning and there is sin between you and the Lord, it's not God's fault, it's yours. And one of the things that can rob you of joy quicker than anything is sin, particularly the sin that is unconfessed. It's that thing that is unspoken that you know that God has dealt with you very clearly and specifically about something and you choose to ignore it. It doesn't go away. It's like the car that where filth builds up over time and then finally someone decides to ride on the back of your window, wash me. Because it's your neighbor who gets tired of looking at it and think, man, are you going to do something about this? But most of the time in our life, we think we're okay. But you realize the moment you pull out of the car wash, your car starts getting dirty. You know, and especially, uh, you know, particularly as we're approaching the rainy season, some of you, you know, you think, hey, it's supposed to rain this afternoon and tomorrow, so I'm good till June. I won't have to wash it because what's the point? And, uh, you know, you're the neighbor that we're talking about that, you know, they write wash me on it. But, uh, you know, at least every once in a while, I'll give it a hose off, you know. But, uh, but the Christian life, spiritually speaking, how we are sometimes is we think, well, that's not that big of a deal. I'm not worried about that. And yeah, it could be worse and it could be like so-and-so. And so my sin is not a problem. One of the things that will rob you of your joy quicker than anything is sin in your life because you know that there is a strain in your relationship with God. What happens then? Typically, you stop reading your Bible. I was talking to a man this week and he told me, he said, you know, for the, this is the most I've read my Bible in my entire life. And he, he was hoping to get through the entire Bible this year, but he said, I'm going to come up a little bit short. But I said, hey, I said, you got months to go. I said, anything could happen. You can still pull it off. But I guarantee one of the first things to go when sin creeps into your heart is your joy. And it's accompanied by you stop reading the Bible. Then we stop praying because what's the point in praying? I'm not right with God. He's not hearing me. He's not answering anyway. So what's the point? Then we stop coming to church. And our relationship with God continues to go in a downward spiral. And then what happens? As a child of God who professes, I know I'm going to heaven. I know I've been saved. Joy is gone. And we walk around as a miserable person. And so let me say this. First of all, joy is a command. God said that joy is something that you should always have. Rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. That means don't get over that. Well, what are some things you won't want to get over? Number one is 
you're a Christian. Man, I remember, I gave this example a couple of weeks ago. I, re- I remember I, I had been in church, but I didn't get my salvation settled until I was in my 20s. I literally, I, I, I remember this like it was yesterday. I remember hearing a newscast, and boy, I was so convicted about my salvation. And Matthew chapter 7 kept just slamming me in the face. Many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied thy name? Have we not cast out devils in thy name? Have we not done many marvelous works in thy name? But then will I say unto them, I never knew you. And that, that phrase, I never knew you, just kept hitting me over and over. And I thought, well, I've been in church. Yeah, but I never knew you. Well, I teach at Sunday school. Yeah, but I never knew you. And I, all those things, and I, I, just, I knew that I had to get it settled for me. And I was watching the news. It, it was, we were living in Southern California, Los Angeles area, and the L.A. newscast was on. It was evening news. And there was a story about a lady who was driving in the Redwoods, and the top of a Redwood had sheared off. And, of course, those are such massive trees. And it, it had sheared off, and th- they didn't know whether it had been loose or whatever. But anyway, it had cascaded down the side of the mountain, struck the lady's car, killed her instantly. And I remember thinking, man, that's something you don't hear of every day. We hear of sudden and, you know, crazy accidents that will take someone's life, sometimes uh, uh, the, just the normal uh, course of life. But I, I remember hearing that. The next day as I was driving to work, literally, I was looking out the window. You may laugh at that, but it, I'm, I'm dead serious. I was thinking, that could be me. And uh, you know, I, I was just so terrified of eternity. But boy, when I got saved, I remember calling my pastor and I said, look, I got to get this settled. He said, meet me at my office. It was Tuesday night. I drove to his office. I knelt down beside the desk. And I remember that day, it was like, whoosh. I remember walking out of that. I don't, know where, I don't know whether I walked out of that office or I floated. But I remember the weight of the world was gone. I don't ever want to get over that. I don't want to forget that. But sometimes sin has a way of removing that memory. Now, not every day is going to be like that day. I mean, that day it was like, I don't have a care in the world. And you can step out in front of a truck, you know. You know but, uh, but I really felt that way because I was rejoicing in the God of my salvation. I wasn't rejoicing because I was a good guy. I wasn't rejoicing because my team won the playoffs. I wasn't rejoicing because I won some money or I got a raise. I was rejoicing because my name was written in heaven. And don't ever forget that. And when you focus on everything that is temporal and everything that is happening in our lives, sometimes we lose sight of the fact that rejoice in the Lord, I say, and that's a command from God. Then may I say this secondly, joy is a choice. It's a deliberate decision that you have to make. The Bible says rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. It's amazing all three of those things are thrown there together in the same verse. Patient in tribulation. Do you realize, I don't care what's going on in your life, you can still rejoice. The guy who wrote that was in prison when he wrote it. Rejoice in the Lord. Wait just a second, you're in prison. Those of us that traveled to the Holy Land last year, and uh, Lord willing, we plan to go again uh, in 2020, but... But those who were there, you remember looking down into the, the prison and seeing what it was like? I mean, we think about prison today, and I, you, you know, nothing like prison in those days. Here's Paul, he's writing, he says, hey man, rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. Rejoicing in hope, 
patient in tribulation. Because no matter what is happening, I said this two weeks ago, it won't always be this way. And, and right now, some of you are dealing with bad news. Some of you are dealing with hard times. Some of you are dealing with disappointment. Some of you are dealing with great things, but each and every one of us is going through different things in our life. But joy can still be present in the midst of tribulation. Why? Because I don't lose hope. You see, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. And so I'm rejoicing in hope. And hope is not what I've seen. It's that which I have not seen. The Bible tells us that in the book of Hebrews about faith. So I'm rejoicing in hope. You know, I hope my team wins today. They're probably not going to, so I'm not rejoicing over that, okay? But I know this, I'm going to heaven. I'm rejoicing. I have this hope. The Bible says that it's both sure and steadfast, and nothing in this life compares to that. And so we learn, first of all, that joy is a command, joy is a choice, and then may I say this uh, thirdly, joy is a constant. It's the one thing in life that you don't have to be without. You may think you do, but it's something that ought to... The child of God should be joyous. I hate using me as an example, and I've told this story so much, but I, I remember the ladies, like it was yesterday, who passed me in the hallway at church years ago. I was an assistant pastor, and she asked me the question, are you happy? I said, yes, and she said, tell your face. Yeah, when she said that, I thought, are you kidding me? So after I slapped her, you know, I mean, I, you know, I, I did, but I thought, what are you talking about? Tell your face. And so I, I literally, immediately, at the end of the hall was the restrooms. And so I went in the men's restroom, and I tried to make the face that I must have had. When I, I, so I pretended to ask the question and said yes, and I thought, well, maybe I did smile. And so I, I stood, stood there in front of the mirror and, and thought, bye, you handsome devil. But I... But I, I don't laugh. I, I was serious, okay? But, I, but I'm looking in the mirror, and I'm, I'm smiling. I'm trying to think, man, what in the world? What did I miss? And, and so I, was I supposed to do this? Show your teeth or whatever, you know? I did, you know, a weird, you know, kind of smile. I don't know. But she said, tell your face. I never forgot that. Because sometimes as a child of God, I'll be honest with you, if you had to see what I had to see every Sunday morning, some of you wouldn't come back. I mean, you, you know how you can flip your phone, you know, the camera, right? And so sometimes it looks like you're taking a picture, you know, but if you, you do the flip on it, if I flip the platform sometimes, some of you guys would go, oh, I need to pray for him. He has to look at that every single week. Because really, sometimes some of you look like it just, it's bad. It's really, really bad in your life. And, and maybe it is, and I'm not minimizing it because I realize that. And I, I'm, I'm very serious when I say some of you are dealing with legitimate hurt and disappointment. Some of you have had very bad news this week. And I, I don't know that, but that's between you and the Lord, and I'm not minimizing it at all. But I'm going to tell you this, joy is a constant. It's not something, I'm joyous today, I won the lottery. I'm joyous today, I got a promotion at work. I'm joyous today, I got a good checkup. I'm joyous today, I got a clean scan. I'm joyous today, no, 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 no. Because it's not dependent upon any of those things. My joy comes from the Lord Jesus Christ. I, I, can't, I can't hope that things work out for my team. I can't hope that things work out with my job. But I can know that things work out with the Lord Jesus Christ. Joy 
is a constant. I hasten. The Bible reminds us this is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. That's a verse you quote every day of your life. Then may I say this, joy is not circumstantial. This is one of the biggest mistakes that we make in the Christian life. The Bible says, and ye now therefore have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart shall rejoice, and your joy no man taketh from you. May I say this, and this is so important, you may give it away, but it cannot be taken from you. And unfortunately, many times as God's people, that's what we've done with our joy. We let people steal it. And uh, there are people that you can have in your life that can be joy robbers. They steal it. And uh, there are situations that you can visit, sometimes visit in your past, visit in your memory. Don't spend time with the joy robbers. Whether it's a legitimate person or whether it's a legitimate place back in your mind and in your memory, don't go where your joy is stolen. Because the Bible says no man can take it from you. You know what that means? That means you willingly say, take it. We willingly say take it because we succumb to the circumstances in life. We say, well, yeah, but things are not going well in my life. Hey, listen, everybody has bad days. Everybody has bad weeks, bad months, bad seasons, sometimes bad years. Remember, nobody had a day like Job, and he's always one we use as an example. But I'm talking to somebody this morning. You walked in this morning. You had no joy. And the reason is, is you pawned it off to somebody else. You let them take it. And maybe it was bad news, but you didn't have to give up your joy. You say, but pastor, you don't know what I'm going through. I know this. Joy is not circumstantial. It's not dependent upon what you've got or don't have. It's not dependent on good news or bad news. My joy is found in the Lord Jesus Christ. You can not have it taken from you, but you can give it away. That verse in John chapter number 16, you now therefore have sorrow, but I will see you again and your heart shall rejoice and your joy no man taketh from you. Now, by the way, the people to whom he's speaking to, almost every one of them are martyred for their faith. These are the words of Christ. He says, right now things look bleak, he says, but you can still be joyful. You could still have joy. Now, he didn't tell them what's going to happen at the end of their life. He didn't tell them how they were going to go. He didn't tell Thomas he was going to be crucified upside down. He didn't tell them that he was going to be lanced and filleted for his faith, preaching the gospel. He didn't tell them how things were going to work out for him. And many times in our life, we think, well, I'm going to have joy if things are going great. No, no, no. God, robed in flesh, looked at these men and said, I'm going to tell you something, nobody can take your joy. So whatever news you get this week or whatever news you got last week, if you lost your joy, it's because you gave it away. Don't give it away. Because that's something the Lord Jesus Christ gives. And He's a giver, not a taker. The Bible says further about our, our joy that... Uh, we look at the example here. You may give it away, but it cannot be taken from you. And I want, I want to stress just a couple of thoughts. First of all, we have the example of Job in trials, whatever you're facing. And we can't compare our life to Job. Nobody can. We, we look at Joseph, who never lost his joy. Now, he had some questions. He had some wonders as he was going through the fact that he was sell, sell, sold into slavery by his brethren. But sometimes we we think, well, my joy is gone because of my wounds. Sometimes wounds that 
have been inflicted upon me, sometimes by family. Sometimes my joy is gone because of things that I have done. We focus on the past. Listen, every person in here has done wrong in their life. There's not, there's not a one of us from the platform to the last chair in here that doesn't have some regrets. There, you know, I was talking to someone yesterday. You know, I still remember profanity. It's not like I haven't, for, I, I forgot how to say those words. I don't want to. I mean, let's be real. Let's be honest. I wish I'd, I wish I'd never said anything like that. There are things I wish I had never put in front of my mind. There are places I wish I'd never gone. All of us could say that. But I'll tell you one thing I don't do is I don't open up the door to those rooms, if you want to call it that, and travel down those hallways every day. I don't. You say, why? Because every one of those want to rob my joy. You know what I want to remember? I want to remember that Tuesday night when I trusted Christ. I want to remember the first lady I led to Christ. I remember it like it was yesterday. I walked up a stairwell and it's second floor apartment. And I was trying to invite the children to church and the grandmother answered the door. And she, she said, yeah, I'll, I watch. She said, I take care of the grand, her grandchildren. Her mom was, the, the children's mother was in prison. And she said, so I, I'm, I've got the kids. I said, would they be able to ride a bus to come to church tomorrow? She said, well, sure, I'd be glad for them too. And, so, and I turned around to walk away, but I remember saying, by the way, let me ask you a question. Do you know for sure if you were to go to heaven? And it was the first person that I'd ever asked personally by myself. I was just a teenager. But I remember saying, do you know for sure if you go to heaven when you die? And I remember her saying, no, but I'd like to. I thought, really? I really did. I thought, really? I didn't expect that. And I remember I said, if you have a moment, I can show you how. And I, I walked in, and I sat down in her living room, and she said, yeah, I'd like to do that. And she said, in fact, I'd like to bring all my grandkids in, and I'd like to make them do the same thing. Now, she made them pray. I don't know whether they got it or not. They all came to church, but she said, you all need this. She said, this boy will tell you how to go to heaven. And I sat there in that living room, and you know what? I remember that day. I remember it like it was yesterday. I want to spend time on those days. Why? Because those are good memories. Those are good places and I, it's, it's not always going to be that way, but I know where I don't want to go. And that's those places that rob and steal my joy. So we see Job in trials, Joseph in wounds. We see Paul in persecutions. Then may I say this further, joy is contagious. And I don't think I, I, don't think I have the verse in here, so I apologize. But the, 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 the Bible gives us the example of Paul and Silas. The Bible says, and at midnight, Paul and Silas sang. I don't know what it had been like if Paul was by himself, because Paul was quite the guy. I mean, God used him to pen half the New Testament, arguably the greatest Christian in the New Testament era. Nobody liked Paul. I understand that. I know he had his, his problems, just like we all do. But the Bible says that Paul and Silas prayed and sang together. I believe one of the things that we see about joy is that it's contagious. You know, I, I like being around happy people. I do. I, I really, to be honest with you, I, I just don't want to spend a lot of time with somebody who's always negative. I, I just don't. And it, it, you say, oh, pastor, I'm offended. Well, don't worry. Be happy. You know, that's Old Testament, but you'll figure it out later. But, but really, I, I want to be around somebody that is an encouragement. 
And one of the things you find about joy is it's contagious. I mean, Paul and Silas, they're in prison, and what does he say? He says, hey, dude, let's sing. Dude is the original language, of course. But he says, let's sing. I don't know what they sang, but I I know the Bible says, speaking to yourselves in songs and hymns, rejoicing and making melody unto the Lord, and all of a sudden, these guys are in prison, and and even when the prison bars break and and they're all loosed and set free, the Bible says they, they said to the keeper of the prison, the Philippian jailer, Acts chapter number 16, sir, do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Wait just a second. That joy didn't even cause them to want to get out of their certain, their present circumstances. They stayed right there. Why? Because they had a work to do. But joy is contagious. Hey, listen, every one of you that have any responsibility over, over your family or children or, or anybody that's around you, whether it's your grandchildren, they come over, you ought to have a spirit that is happy. You ought to have a spirit that is filled with joy. Do you? Let me ask you this. Do people want to be around you? That's a tough question. Do I have to answer? Maybe one of the reasons is because you don't have joy. And that's something the Lord Jesus Christ wants to give to each and every one of us. My, uh, I had a relative who's, who's passed away many, many years ago, and it was pretty common. I, I came from two larger families. My, my mom and dad each came from families of 12 large families. They were all farmers, and of course, back years ago, we were an agrarian culture, and so that was pretty common. But there was a relative in our family, and all of our cousins, we'd get together sometimes, and that many children, and you can imagine cousins, there were dozens and dozens of cousins around Christmas, Thanksgiving, whatever it was. But there was this one particular family member, and it, and it was common amongst us as cousins that nobody wanted to be around her. In fact, they had names for her because she was always just so unhappy and so miserable. Now, I don't know what went on in her life and what heartache and disappointment. I'm not judging her, but I know this. As a, as a young boy, I remember thinking, I don't want to be around here. Then, my grandmother, I wanted to be everywhere she was. She never had a bad thing to say about anybody. Everything was fun with grandma. She loved everyone. And I noticed this about my grandmother. I always saw her when I'd come, I'd walk in the room I always saw my grandmother with a Bible in her lap. I can see it like it was yesterday. It wasn't that she didn't have hard times in life. She lost her husband early in life. It wasn't that she didn't go through difficulties. She went through the depression. But she knew that her joy didn't come from her circumstances. It came from the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're walking around today and you're pretty miserable, it might be because either, A, you don't have joy, Or B, you let something take it. Where do I get my joy? Number one, from salvation. You must be born again. I say it every week, but it's so important. If you miss out on salvation, you've missed everything that life's about. You must be born again. Salvation is the first way to get your joy. I find it in Jesus Christ. Then secondly, it's through surrender. Surrendering my my time, my talents, my treasures, just saying, Lord, take my life however you want to use it. It's all you. And then thirdly, through service. And that is find something that you can give your life to, something that matters. 
And the only thing that will matter when we stand before the Lord is that which impacts eternity. How about you today? The fruit of the Spirit is, first of all, love and then joy. I want you to leave today with joy in your heart. Joy in your heart that heaven's your home. Joy in your heart for what God gives you now. And a joy that is contagious. Everybody ought to know you're a child of God because of the joy and peace in your life. Shall we stand? Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed.